This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, what if a doctor told you to do something? Would you do it? Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. We left our excuses in the past, and we've forgiven ourselves for abusing the gift that is our bodies. From this point forward, our health is more important. We will stay focused. We will stay determined. We will sacrifice now knowing that it's not going to be easy so that we can live a better tomorrow. We understand that weight loss is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about making lifestyle changes and that the only person who can stop you is you. You know where you are now and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to just deny it thin. Won't tell you lies thin. I won't smaller thighs thin. But I realize I guess I'll have to Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the schoolofpodcasting.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I am not a doctor. I am not a trainer. I'm just a person like you trying to lose some weight. And I got to tell you, I'm kind of bummed. I know the last time we signed off, I said, I'm going to be, I'm going to lose weight by the next time I put out an episode. And I have done the up and down and up and down. And I think I'm about where I normally am. And we talked about that last week you know, how to deal with when things aren't going the right way. And you just have to look at uh, your lifestyle and make some changes and make changes that you know you can deal with. And um, one of the things that really did not work for me was Memorial Day. I had uh, a bunch of family in from out of town and we had a picnic, of course, because when there's a holiday, why not eat? And, um, in the book Impossible, I'm still reading that book, uh, How I Lost 400 Pounds. It's a great book. He talks about this. He says, if somebody were a recovering alcoholic, you wouldn't try and convince them to have just one beer or try a healthy version of alcohol or try and convince them to visit, uh, you know, just one bar isn't going to kill you. He says, I make it from one day to the next by carefully planning out and bringing with me what I'm going to eat. That's interesting. It's what I have to do to get by. It's one of the only reasons for my success thus far and the only way it will continue. I need that control to get by. So about 80% of the people who offer me food take no offense and simply move on when I say no thanks. He goes, thank you, 80%. I love you. Then there's the 10% that say, are you sure? He says, this 10% is semi-persistent but gives up after the second, no thanks. He says, and then there are the people I call the forced feeders. And these are the people that were at my picnic. Oh, you have to eat aunt so-and-so's this. And you have to eat, oh, you can't just eat, you have to have the cheese dip on that. That's the best way to eat that. And oh, you have to, you have to, you have to. And he says, this final 10% called force feeders will stop at nothing to get you to eat the food they want to make, buy, or bring for you. And this was exactly it. And 
they were just um, they were making plates for everybody, and somebody gave me two hamburgers, and I'm like, ah, oh. and they'd already put the stuff on it for me because they knew that's how I liked it, which was a really nice gesture, but I really didn't want two hamburgers, you know. So what are you gonna do? He says, declining doesn't get me anywhere with these people. They never give up. And in the end, my answer remains the same. But somebody's feelings are going to get hurt. And he says, so why am I inflexible? Because it works for me. But food can be an emotional subject with people. Our society for hundreds of years has made food into a gift, a celebration, a reward, a show of respect, a sign of love, etc., etc. He says, sometimes when you turn down the food being offered, in this spirit, people are generally hurt and offended. And to those people, I say, I'm sorry, but I just can't. He says, to me, food is none of those things and can never be that again. It is just fuel for my life. That's all. So when I say no thanks, don't take it personally. And that's kind of what we need to think about with food is that it basically allows us to live. It is fuel and granted there's some of it that is, uh, you know, harder to turn down than others. But in the end, that's it. So how do we get into this mess? Well, your parents give you candy or maybe a dessert or maybe since you behave during um, the time, right? If you behave while you're in the store, you're rewarded with a candy bar at the checkout. Or you make students of the month, and what do you do? You, you go out for ice cream or your favorite fast food restaurant. We did that with my stepson uh, a couple months ago. He, uh, we went out to um, Outback and ate enough food to feed an army. You know, This is the habit that creates the association in our minds from a very young age. If I do something good, my body will receive food. Food is no longer a source of nourishments. It's no longer a source of fuel for your body. It becomes a reward. And then what happens is, uh, as you get older in life, having had this reward system uh, with food, you then begin to treat yourself. After all, um, what was it, McDonald's? You deserve a break today. You know, so we can see how this pattern continues for the rest of our lives. You know, um, do a good job at the office. Hey, you get a pizza party. I've seen those. The company had a great quarter. Hey, let's all get donuts. And it's a disaster and it should stop, even though. It's never going to if you think about it. It's too ingrained in our psyche, but that doesn't mean we can't recognize it for what it is and seek to minimize it. In reality, right, we have to. Isn't that part of uh, the 12-step program is basically understanding what the problem is and identifying it. And he says, so how do you stop this? It's easy. You just don't do it. There are other ways to report people. A report. There are other ways to reward people. How about money? How about non-food gifts? How about a trip? How about anything but food? But as long as we as human beings believe food is a reward, we're going to strive to seek it out as much as possible, and the weight struggle is going to continue on forever. And he says again in the book here about how really not to lose faith in yourself if you're not getting the results you want. He says, weight loss is hard. It's very, very, very hard. Nothing anyone has been doing uh, or will be doing has discovered or is yet to discover the ultimate way to lose weight. He says, I, uh, I was once where she was, meaning he was talking about a woman who also lost 400 pounds. He says, 15 years ago when I was losing all this weight uh, once before, 
I was on the top of the world. I thought I had all the answers. I would talk endlessly about my weight loss and how I was doing, how I had it all under control and no one else did. I thought I had found the secret. I had cracked the code. I was cured of my weight problem forever. I used to go around telling people, I'll never go back. And he's talking in this chapter about managing your mental. He says, two years later, I'd fallen from the lofty perch straight back down into the deepest depths of uh, food addiction. He says, so failure is a great teacher. I think about what I went through every day, and so I don't talk about my weight loss unless somebody brings it up. I don't offer my opinion about what anyone else is doing unless asked. I don't outwardly celebrate my weight loss. I do celebrate in private with people that are close to me, but that's it. He says, because I have to stay humble. If you think about that, that is kind of a problem. When we start to lose weight, we get cocky. He says, I know what could happen. I know the deck is stacked. I know that I'm only as good as my last workout, my last exercise, my last healthy meal. It will never end. The struggle will go on forever, only it will get harder. Temptation is always all around me. I'm very confident I have the right attitude this time, but I don't have all the answers, and no one does. And so I was thinking about this and the fact that I just need to to change in some ways. I'm doing a little more exercise, and I'm using different apps to see how on track I am. And I thought about this and I'm like, why, why am I still uh, drinking Mountain Dew on occasion? No, you know what? Let's not lie. How, how come I drink Mountain Dew pretty much every day? I've switched to 12 ounce cans instead of 20 ounce bottles, but in the end, I'm still drinking Mountain Dew. And I thought about this. My wife over the last couple of years has had a, a lot of surgeries, most of them outpatient, but nonetheless uh, surgeries. And in some cases she wasn't allowed to eat. The last one she wasn't allowed to eat for basically almost two days. And she did it because she had to. And one of the things that this book talks about is you are stronger than you think you are. The problem is You don't know how strong it is until you get tested. And I'm sure right now, if I asked you, you could come up with at least one thing that was really, really hard in your life that you didn't think you could do, and somehow you did it anyway. And he says, we we have a much, we can reach down deeper within ourselves much more than we think we can. Because of the way that we have failed in the past, We're so easy to condemn ourselves, to convince ourselves that we can't do it, and then we quit trying. And so I believe that because I know there are things that I've done in my life that I always think, man, how am I going to get through this? And I'm still here. I mean, I've been through bankruptcy. I've been through divorce. Um, You know, I lost my mom when she was young. I was 24. and, And I'm sure you have your story. We've all been there, and yet we're still here, and that is a gift. We are still here. We, we have the opportunity to do something. Uh, one of my things is, you know, I want to leave the world a better place than when I got here. And the more I eat and the less I exercise, the less chance I have of enhancing my world. And someday I'm going to have to stop this podcast. And I have two ways I would stop it. One 
I would quit. And I would just say, look, this has been the um, documentation of my journey of weight loss. Unfortunately, it's also been the documentation of my weight gain. And I'm tired of documenting it. I give up and that's it. Well, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that's not me. Uh, I have never, ever quit hardly anything in my life. Only did when I had to, and that was typically jobs because I was going to go to another job. I do not quit. And the other one is, you know, is when I reach my goal and I stay at my goal for at least a month or two. And I'm going to say, all right, I can now take this time that I've been spending talking to you, letting you know how I'm doing, trying to keep you motivated. And and in reality, I know I'm talking to you. I'm really talking to me, (laughs) trying to keep me motivated. And at that point, I'm going to think, okay, I I think I got it. I'm going to stay humble and I'm going to realize that this struggle doesn't end. But hopefully by then, I will have this down as a lifestyle. One of the, uh, I think I've said this in this podcast before, one of the teachers that really uh, helped me when I was a, a really shy kid in high school is he said, if you act the way you want to be, someday you'll be the way you act. So I'm hoping that if I act like somebody who's into fitness and I eat like somebody who eats healthy and I, I act like I'm, you know, inter- eventually those things that I'm doing that aren't normal right now are just going to feel like second nature. Now, I don't think this is ever going to be easy. And I know there's a, uh, a movie out right now, unfortunately didn't get a lot of publicity, called Fed Up. And it talks about a lot of what is we've talked about on this podcast, and that is the food industry has figured out that when you mix like fat, sugar, and salt, um, it is a cocktail that lights up our brain like a Christmas tree. And it's just as addicting as cocaine and crack and all those other ones. And I, I, I think it's already out of the theaters. It was, it was opened, I think, like last week. And I wanted to go see it. And I looked for it this week and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I'm sure it'll end up on Netflix or maybe it's available on Amazon or something like that. But it's interesting because I've already seen when I search for the movie that the food industry has already come out against it saying, no, 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 here's what we've done. Like they're trying to say they've taken um, uh, soda out of schools in, you know, like 80% of the schools. Well, not in Rocky River, Ohio, they haven't. You know, when I go to a football game, you know, yeah, there's water there, but there's also plenty of soda. And that's fine because it's America and we get to choose. But it's interesting to see. And that's why I think it's always going to be a struggle. I'm up against very greedy people who don't care about your health. And I think it's sad that our politicians know this here in America, at least, and they don't care because the people that are making all the money are probably sharing the wealth. And I know that's a really dark look at our government, but um, I just, I've seen enough and I've heard enough to know that uh, this is not a story. um, What's the word? It's not a fairy tale. Where we live is not a fairy tale. And that doesn't mean the world is bad. The world is a great place, but let's not kid ourselves. Um, There are people in power that could care less. They just want to make more money. And um, so I know it's going to be a struggle. And that's why I've got to keep my mental focus 
I need to be happy. I need to celebrate when I lose weight. But I need to realize that we did this before. You know, just find one thing you can change. Just find one thing you can change. So I have done really good. I, I would say out of the last week, I did over 10,000 steps about five days out of the week. I think last night it was like 9,156 or something like that. So it wasn't quite 10,000 but I was up there. So I've really been making sure because it's nice out and I like to walk at night and I've been doing that, but you know, 10,000 steps is not going to negate, you know, a bunch of junk that you threw down your face. And I've just got to think to myself on the, cause a lot of times it's right before I go to bed. It's really stupid that I'll just have a bowl of cereal and I'm, I just need to go. Nope, I can't because I'm having surgery tomorrow. Now I know that, you know, that I know that, you know, that I know that I'm not having surgery tomorrow. But if I could do it, if I was, if a doctor told me don't eat for 24 hours, and, and for the record, I'm not saying that a fast is the way to lose weight. I'm just saying you do have the power to put down the Twinkie. You do have the power to not drink Mountain Dew. I haven't had any today, and I'm going to try to make it through the day. I can make it through the day. No try. There is no try. There's only do. And I've got plenty of water sitting here. So if I'm thirsty, that's it. If I want some sort of taste in my mouth, I got mints in my pocket. I'm good to go. And so I hope you're doing well. And I just know that we can do this. I sometimes get confused as to why we don't. But I guess if I did know that answer, just like the author of this book says, nobody really knows that one true way. We all have our ideas. We know kind of what works, but it is going to be different for every person because we all have different relationships in our lives. We all have different stresses. We all have different circumstances. And being overweight is not the cause for unhappiness. Many times it is simply a symptom. And if we can figure out what it is that's making us unhappy, if we could fix that, then we might have a better chance at losing weight. I think I'm going to leave it at that. So, I hope you had a good uh, holiday weekend. I know I didn't have a show out last week because of that. And, um, you know, Jillian Michael says, why are you choosing failure? And like it or not, we are. If you choose in some cases not to make a choice, that's still a choice. And so we know that we can do this. Others have done it. It's not impossible. We need to get our mental state intact And in this case, he, you know, the author of the book is not flexible. He he actually plans out and takes with him the food he eats every day. It works. It would work. You wouldn't have to guess how many calories are in this. You would know because he actually measures out his food. So that's the thought. Plan out your day. What am I going to eat? And that way you don't have to make it up as you go. If you've ever been to uh, Chicago, There's a very famous um, improv group called Second City. And many of them have gone on to Saturday Night Live. Very funny troupe. And um, I'm here to tell you, I saw them. I've seen a couple different improv uh, troops, I guess you would call them. They're not always funny. In fact, I would say a good 30 to 40% of the time, you're like, well, that's four minutes I can't get back. And maybe that's the way we need to think about it. When we improv our diet, when we improv our food and we make it up as we go along, 
it's not until you get the end of the skit that you go, well, that wasn't very funny. Because I know there are times when I go through and I, I finish putting in what I've eaten for the day instead of doing it as I eat it. And I go, ooh, man, I was way over for the day. Yeah, if I plan it out ahead of time, I know exactly what I'm allowed to eat. And then I just eat it. And at the end of the day, one of the things I really like about my fitness pal is when you do say, okay, I'm done eating for the day. And it says, hey, if you continue doing this, you'll weigh this in X amount of weeks. That's a really cool booster. It's cool. It's a great way to paint the picture of where you're going. So, and that's a free app for your whatever kind of phone or app or tablet you got, My Fitness Pal. So, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, let me remind you again that, you know, why are you choosing failure when success is still an option? It is still an option. And uh, why it's, it's not, there's no time to start the beginning over. There's plenty of time to choose a new ending. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. If you're listening to this on a website, please consider subscribing to us for free on iTunes by going to LogicalLoss.com forward slash iTunes. You can contact me via email by sending an email to Dave at LogicalLoss.com or call in your comments toll free. 888-563-3228. You can sign up for our free newsletter and participate in our forums at our website, which is LogicalLoss.com. Our theme music is courtesy of SkinnySongs.com. Thanks again for listening. You know, they say knowledge is power. Knowledge is only power when it's acted upon. You can do this. Live right. Lose weight. Live long. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it. Thin. I want to try it. Thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to just to die it. Thin. Won't tell you lies. Thin. I won't smaller thighs. Thin. But I realize I can't.